He spent 12 seasons in the National Football League, an all-pro defensive end by way of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Beat train, Bertrand Perry. <clears throat> and uh, Mike Gross. It's Train and Gross on the No Pull Podcast Network. Welcome in. Hey. First podcast of 2021. Some things never change. B-Train. Hey, what's up, brother? How you feel? Good to see you. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm so glad to be out of 2020. I can't even tell you, brother. I'm with you. Happy New Year, Sean Crespin. Good to have you Happy aboard. New Year, guys. Good to be back. No question. Man. Hey, speaking of 2020, you and I had this conversation back in the day. We replaced very old cars at about the same time, and we were, like, marveling at, at all the technology. that <laughs> I had a 2007, replaced it with a 2018 model, and I forget. I had a 2004. And your ears got torn up in the parking lot <laughs> while we were doing a radio show. It's a, for a topic for another We podcast. did it to you again. <laughs> but I got in my car today. Uh-huh. I plugged my phone in. Okay. And popped up with the uh, whatever it's the the screen. What's it called in the GM cars? The your dashboard. Yeah. Well, no. The when you plug in, I, I whatever. Mm-hmm. And it said your the address of train station. Oh wow! Like it knows now that every this is what we day do on Mondays. On Monday. Okay. We record on Mondays. It knows where I'm going. You gotta love it. He gets so that's kind of scary. It though. was. It went, that's kind of scary. Uh, excited, yes. Uh, Scary, yes. Yeah. Whenever Grocer establishes something new technology, he's got to make sure he tells everybody about it, and he gets so excited. And it's usually like eight years after it happened. Like excited, so yes. Grocer and I. Can, can I can I get an acknowledgement wow. of the scary part though? It is, is very scary. no, it is. That like, what if somebody's looking for me? We're getting. Trapped. We were talking about movies before yeah. we came on, and what if it was one of those uh, born identity type things, oh, and they're looking for me, and the guy goes. I bet you I know where he is I'll on Monday never, afternoon. I'll never forget the day. I mean, this was only a handful of years ago, B-Train, hmm. when Grocer told me about this amazing invention uh, called DVR, where you can record things and then watch them later, and you don't have to have a tape to do it. Like, it's just, it just the machine does it for you. This was only like five years ago that this man – Don't so, give me that look. I'm not kidding. Because That's a, every, that is every, a true story. Every story that he's giving me – or you about me, I can do to you because back when we did the, the radio show, when we first started in the, the radio show, the, the, the cell phone that my partner – Wow. You, you know, you, you look Were at – Were you rocking a flip phone? I had a – Dude, he wasn't rocking us. He had this thing. It looked like Army Surplus. He's like, oh, I don't know. Hang on a second. Let me check. He opened this thing up, pulled the antenna up. It had a dial on it. I had a trio. I had a trio. Okay. Way right. back in the day. Yeah. Yes, a trio. Who are you doing a show with? Uh, you, Birch and Barry used to play for Cardinals, NFL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on just a second. Yeah, so, my phone had a briefcase. That's how big it was. <laughs> that's, that's why he and I get along so well. Made Zach we're, Morris's phone look small. We're, we're, kindred spir- oh, wow. we're kindred spirits when it comes to some of these things. Yes. B-Train, though, uh, we, we mm. can't avoid it any longer. Mm. Cardinals mm. end the season at 8-8, eight and 18-7. Eight, mm. Just an, It was an ugly game all the way around yesterday. Um, but more ugly for the Cardinals than it was for the Los Angeles Rams. Rams finish 10-6. and six. They advance, as do the Chicago Bears, who lose to the Packers, but because of tiebreakers and other various scenarios, they go in front of the Cardinals. So, you know, you try to put the glass half full on it, but I don't know how after uh, you look at, at where this team uh, was a couple weeks ago even. Right. You know, where you had uh, the, the, your destiny in your own hands, which is all you can ask for 
and they don't they don't close and they are out. I don't, I don't know what else you say. You know, two weeks in a row, lackluster efforts. Yeah. Um, you know, I understand injuries, but injuries are a part of the game for everybody. Yep. You know, you, you look at this, look at who was down for the Rams. I mean, you figure you, you lose a starting quarterback. You lose a guy in Cooper Cup who's actually – Your best receiver. And, hey, he's killed the Cardinals. Sure. Killed the Cardinals. Sure. And you can't get it done. There are a lot of ways you can go with this game, Mike. The thing that disappoints me the most is you think about what was at stake and the fact that you have an offensive coach that was only able to generate seven points. The yeah. Los Angeles Rams defense outscored the Cardinals offense. Yep. And that's something that you would never in a million years would have gotten me to believe that mm. that could happen in 60 minutes of football. Yeah. Uh, Sean McVay has absolutely owned the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to say it. And whether it's been this coach, that coach, or whoever, he is 8-0 mm-hmm. since he's taken over in Los Angeles. And that is something that is it's, – it's not the end of the world, but it's one of those where it's glaring because it's in your division. You see them every year twice. So every year you're chalking up two losses before you even kick the season off. Yep. And that is something that has to change if this team is going to be considered a legitimate contender in the NFL anytime soon. I I, I look at, at the, the, the way that that game unfolded and the fact that it took them taking advantage of a quarterback who had never taken a snap in the mm-hmm. NFL, intercepted his first pass of his career, mm-hmm. and they were able to score, I think it was either one or two plays later, and that was the last time they sniffed the end zone. That, that, that is an indictment on the entire team, but more importantly, the offense and the guy that's in charge of running that offense. No, I, there's no question about that. And I think, you know, you look at this, and we can get into this. I want to do it in our next segment, you know, what, what's going – you know, what this team needs to do going forward. Sure. Like, th- there's a list. Yes. A long list. I'm checking it twice. Absolutely. Um, but with this game, no, you're absolutely right. And you look when the way it started, you had to feel a little bit good. You know, the offense was clicking, got some first downs against that Rams defense. Uh, and uh, after they punted away, they forced a turnover, which you – I don't, I don't want to say you expected, mm-hmm. but, again, a guy that had never played a game in the National Football League, a guy that uh, was untested, mm. and, you know, you, you hit him in the mouth. You, yeah. you forced that turnover, yeah. and coming out of that, you got to feel okay. I we mean, got him. Right? We, 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 we're, we're going to get him. The, 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 the inexperience is going to take over. Yeah, and couldn't close the deal. Could not cl- – and the other thing, too, you know, I look at this and, and you know, you look at, to your point, you know, your, once your starting quarterback goes down, which we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, you, you give the ball away, you, you pick six, which was, mm-hmm. it was about as ugly as they get. Look, and I don't want to take anything away from, uh, from John Wolford. Right. But, um, man, it was too easy. But his numbers weren't – you look at it, it's not like this guy came away with a, a 115 quarterback rating and hit you for three touchdowns. I mean – the Rams didn't score an offensive touchdown, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, the, the defensive touchdown, obviously. But sure. they were they were holding him to field goal. Sure. That's what I tried to say. Yeah. Not very gracefully. But, you know, his quarterback rating was under 65. Yeah. And, but so the, it's, it's not like he killed. No, he, he just did enough. He, he didn't kill. He did enough. And the fact that he was able to amass over 250 yards passing, he was able to amass over 50 yards rushing. That was the first time in well, NFL history. Well, that was history. it. Yeah. And the, the he was sm- he was more athletic than what people gave him credit for. Exactly. And I didn't under I didn't estimate him for being that that kind of guy that could get out of those type of situations because 
the rush actually had gotten to him a couple of times, but for whatever reason, I don't think they anticipated him being able to to run away from them. There there was a particular rush where I saw Hassan Reddick coming around a corner pretty much scot-free, and he couldn't make up any ground on John Walford. Yeah. And that's something that you don't see with normal quarterbacks. I, I, he was able to get after after quarterbacks that are known for their legs, and but he could not make up a step on this guy who had never taken a snap. And, and when you see plays and situations like that, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, is this really our day or is this – or are we going home in, in a few in a few hours? So you, I, I think at, at one level, you know, you hear this and you played the game a long time. You hear that week by week. It's, you know, take each game on its own, whatever. But I think if you're a Cardinals fan and you're looking at this, you have to look at the last two weeks and kind of lump them together because there's a lot of similarities. You had so much riding on the game against the 49ers and the game against the Rams. You had similar situations where both those teams had starting quarterback issues. You couldn't capitalize. But even more than that, even more than that, Bertrand, was the fact that – I don't want to say this team – they didn't look up for the game. They didn't look mo- – didn't look like they wanted to be there at some times, right? Yeah. And, you know, that that to me is most, con- most concerning because you look at – in, I said it already. Injuries are, are – are, everybody's got them. Everybody. Everybody's got them. Cardinals got hit hard the last couple of weeks. I understand that. But everybody's got them. So that can't be an excuse. The last two teams that they played actually were hit harder than them. And the fact that they could not capitalize on that and get those wins home. San Francisco begged the Cardinals to win that game. Mm-hmm. They begged them. Robbie Gold missed three kicks in yep. a single game. I had never seen that before in my life. He's one of the more accurate kickers in the history of the game. And he missed three kicks. So they were be- they were like, please, they played hot potato with the yeah. game. No, you take it. I don't want it. No, you take it. I don't want it. And I'd never seen that when you start talking about one team playing for nothing who didn't even have a place to play, had to borrow your place and came in, and you allowed them to come in and steal a win that was pivotal for your season. Don't understand the, the, the intensity that they came out with the last two weeks because you, you, you can't take – getting that close to the playoffs for granted, mm-hmm. Mike. There's so few and far yeah. in between as far as opportunities. Unless you're Tom Brady, you don't just live in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I only played in five playoff seasons in, in, in 12 years. Yeah. So I know a lot about not getting to the playoffs and being on the cusp and, and in 2002 having the same record as the Cleveland Browns, who, by the way, got to the playoffs the last time since that season. Uh, you, you can't. you got to do everything that you can to make sure when you're that close that you cross every T, dot every I, and you do not let inferior opponents come in and steal games on your own turf. Two players I want to focus on here. Uh, first, obviously the quarterback, the okay. starting quarterback, the franchise quarterback, yeah. right? Uh, I don't want <laughs> – we don't need to talk about Taysom Hill Jr., oh, uh, do we? No, uh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Um, what do we make of Kyler Murray? I mean, do, do, we, do we look – particularly yesterday, like – as a as a starting quarterback, and and I heard Ron Wolfley say this on the broadcast or the pregame yesterday. You know, starting quarterbacks get way too much credit and way too much blame. So I don't want to be guilty of that. So keep me honest here. Okay. But if I'm on that roster, if that's a coworker of mine, right, the guy, one of your 53, that you're in or you're out, aren't you? I mean, this coming in, coming out, sitting on the sideline, walking back and forth to the locker room. Bad body language. Bad body language. You're either in or you're out. Like, if, if you are injured to the point where you can't play, mm-hmm. don't you just – you either stay in the locker room or you, you see it sometimes where, where players get out of uniform and come back uh, and, and sit on the bench. 
but you know they're not like still in uniform back and forth. That, again, I don't want to be too difficult here, but that bothered me yesterday watching that. It felt like a power struggle, Mike. It felt like Kyler wanted to get back in, and it almost felt as if the organization was saying, hey, look, you're our future. We're not going to put you in right. harm's way. You still got that monster on the other side. In, in, in Aaron Donald that, that can take you out at any point. Yep. They still got players. They still got Brockers on that side. They still got some guys that can make plays up front. We don't want to put you in harm's way because we anticipate you being our quarterback for the next decade and change. We're not going to sacrifice one game for that future. But then you saw a, a quarterback that had a little bit of pull in an organization and said, hey, let me back into this game. Right. I don't care that I may be putting myself in harm's way. Right. I want an opportunity to go out with my guys. And I think that was a little bit at play at what you saw last night. And when he got that opportunity, and then once it was finally over and, and they knew that this game wasn't going to be what they wanted it to be, they, they made the right decision and left him out. There's so much time, though. First quarter injury back in in the fourth quarter. Second series, Mike. He got hurt in the second series right. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just to, – to me, it was just a, a bizarre – whose call is that? I mean, you played and you've been injured. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it was clear. I know we talked about this previously where you had injuries to the point where it ended your season. So yeah. we're not talking about yeah. that. But we're talking about, you know, whatever this was, a leg, ankle, calf, whatever his – ultimately the injury ended up being – who, who makes the final call? Is it a team doctor? Is it the head coach? Is it somebody upstairs on a phone saying, don't let him in because, to your point, he is our franchise? See, this is when the curtain gets lifted. This is when you get to see who's really the players, who's really the people that's got right. the juice in the organization. Most times that's going to be the head trainer. Say, hey, look, he's not in a position to protect himself. If something were to go down, yeah. he's not healthy enough to protect himself. We need to take the helmet away. Okay. That's how usual protocol goes. Then you've got the, the, the doctors that are flown in for free every, every game, but, you know, that's the blue tent, the day. Right? And they can make the assessment that, hey, this guy is mentally incapacitated. He can't do what he's needing to do in order to do his job. We recommend that he doesn't play. But then when you start talking about the franchise quarterback, the guy that has just been named NFC Player of the Week and just named to his first Pro Bowl, and they've given the keys to the organization to – and he's got more juice than most everybody other than Michael Bidwill and, and probably Steve Kime, mm -hmm. uh, then you start to see who's really making the decisions yeah. and who, who gets to be in control of their own destiny. If that's a backup running back, if that's Chase Edmonds, he's not playing that game. Yeah. But we're talking about Kyler Murray, so Kyler Murray has a little more leeway than somebody else on that team. And then I should have done this in reverse order, but DeAndre Hopkins yesterday, the frustration was – you know, from Phoenix, watching it through the TV was visible. He went, you know, he went after the, the the back judge. Whether the calls were warranted or not, I don't know. But you know, the, you, you saw it really bubble over. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, so first year player on the team, putting up some, all things considered, some really nice numbers considering some of the struggles this team has had. The only only offense they had for a couple weeks. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So good, bad. Otherwise, you look at DeAndre Hopkins yesterday, and and how do you how do you assess that? Just Again, as a guy who's yeah. been out there yeah. and you're one of the 52 other guys watching your star wide receiver and how he's handling his business yesterday. Uh, he didn't handle the business very well because he went up against a guy that was equal to him. 
You're talking about Jalen Ramsey, one of the or better cornerbacks in the, in the NFL. And this is an, a matchup that has gone on since their days at Clemson and Florida State. Yep. So this has a lot of history. This has a lot of juice. And then you think about Jacksonville and Houston. Yep. They were in the same division. They saw each other twice a year every year of their career. So this is – I know you, you know me, and I'm going to get after you. You're big, I'm big. You may win some, but I'm going to win the majority of them. And I think Jalen Ramsey, over a period of time, has gotten the better of DeAndre Hopkins. And, and he's one the of the few people that has been able to make that claim. And they put the numbers up to, to, to back that up. You're absolutely right. And then lastly, DeAndre Hopkins versus the officials. And I know you and I have talked a lot about officials. Don't talk to the officials. And, and he got into it, got the flag. What would it end up being, like second and 35 after, yeah. after he got that penalty? Um, but then, flash forward, there was an obvious pass interference call in the end zone. It wouldn't have changed the, I don't believe, the outcome of the game. I'm more interested in the mentality of the official and the mentality of DeAndre Hopkins saying, like. They've got long memories, Mike. There you go. They're human. They, they, they remember who gave them lip, who gave them grief during the course of the game. And when it comes to those bang-bang plays, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't quite see. You know, it was a tough call. Uh, that, that's human nature, Mike. Yeah. If you are going to be a guy that's going to constantly berate me in public, I am not going to give you the benefit of the doubt when you need it the most. That's just the way that that goes. Kind of like NBA refs. Sometimes they blow the whistle. Sometimes yeah. they are quick to make the call. Like you got Jordan calls all the time, and then you got other guys yeah. that are constantly bickering and, and chirping at the refs. They're less likely to get those bang-bang calls. That's just the way that it is. You talk too much, you're not going to get results. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate because I, I looked at it, and the, the, that play – there was it's two a pass guys. interference. It's pass interference. You, and you could have called it on yes. either one of two guys. Yes, right. So it's not like it was a one-on-one. -on -one yes. No, it's pass there was two guys that yes. could have called it. But to your point, like, hey, you know, you're going you're gonna to disrespect me that way. I'm going to say I got blocked out. I couldn't see it. While you're standing right behind him. Like, there's oh, pictures know. of you looking directly yeah. at him. Like, uh, yeah. And like I said, I don't want to make – I don't bring that up to say, well, that was a call. Like, you know, that, yeah. hey, that, you know, that would have turned the whole – because nothing was turning that game around at that point. But it was just interesting because you and I have had that conversation about officials. They're human, Mike. They're human. They're and, human. and they got those, those emotions. They got feelings, going. too. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't crush my feelings in the middle of a game. Because I will, it will come back. To don't embarrass you. me on national TV. Hey, and real quickly, and you can jump in on this too, Sean Crespin. Speaking of national TV, the game meant something because you had Jim Nance, and then Tony Romo gets COVID, and we got to suffer through Boomer. I put two things out on. Tw I, I don't get a lot of. You know, I put a lot of nonsense out. I, I put two things. I said something about man, you're going to give us Boomer Esiason on top of this, and it got so much response. He Gross. is. He's not that bad. Awful. It was also the day of the backup quarterback, so why not, you know, take out the starting quarterback, put in the backup quarterback. There you go. There's nobody – why didn't you fly Phil Sims out, reunite him? Oh, God. <laughs> that would have been worth the price of admission there. I mean, I know why they And we got to put some respect on Boomer's name. He did get his he team did. to a Super Bowl. He did. As a starter. Oh, and, they, and they gave him some as love. You know, he holds, a, you know, one of – The uh, Cardinals' 500 some for, yard yeah, most yards in a it, single game. It's not about Boomer as a former player or at when he was a player. Right. Um, it, it's about – I just don't – I'm going to book Boomer for the show because clearly you have a, you bring have a Boomer thing. On. You got a thing with him. You, get, you put Boomer on the show because you can't get Tony <laughs> Romo because that's what that is, right? Because <laughs> I honestly – I. At first, I was like, "Really, Tony Romo?" Yeah. I've come to enjoy the, his work on on Here with, with Jim go, Nance. Here we go, Jim. Mm -hmm. the, the work is not Tony? bad. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that was just seventeen million. Ain't, ain't that bad? Well, you're gonna take that. Yeah, okay. You're right. like Jim Nance is like, excuse me, how much? Yeah, yeah right. But anyways. I just had to break because that was just part of the, the the long list of disappointments yesterday. No question. <laughs> like Jim Nance and Tony Romo, man. Oh, it's boom. What now? 
boomer? Kind of like our intro. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I'm not <Yeah>. talking. <laughs> See, talking now, that, now the table's turned a little I'm bit. I'm talking about that intro. <laughs> I got my people calling the corporate office. Suits in the corporate office. <laughs> promises were not upkept. That's right. My name Bennett. I ain't in it, brother. Right. You know what I'm saying? All right, on the other side, what do the Cardinals do this offseason? What do they got to do to move forward? We'll talk about that next. Train and Gross. Train and Gross. All right, eight and eight missed the playoffs. Mm. That means you got a lot of work to do in the offseason, particularly, uh, and I think we talked about this before the show, before the podcast, as we were preparing. Yeah. Um, it's a good division, right? Really good division. And so you were the only team to go under 500 in your division games. 49ers finished behind you in the standings, but they were three and three. So your benchmark relative, to, and you talked about the domination of the Rams. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got the Seahawks. So there's a lot of work to go. You're two and four in the division this year. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where to start. I I do know where I won't start, mm. and I might be in a minority on this, but okay. you know, putting putting the head coach on the hot seat after two seasons, I can't do it. No. Won't not after it. eight and eight. Not after improvement. Won't from do it. Before. Can't do it. The other thing that I will do that I see a lot of people shine away from is asking questions about the general manager. And, and, and that's where I want to start. You, you look at this roster the way it was built, mm-hmm. right, and say, you know, and again, I, I use pro football focus. That's fine. Pick your, pick your source. Right. But at the beginning of the season, they go through and they do roster rankings, position right. group right. rankings, right. and pro football focus called this a bottom five roster in the NFL. Wow. Now, again, you pick whoever you want. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't top to bottom. This isn't a roster, when you look at it, that's going to put a lot of fear into teams that are around you. The head coach has only been here two years. Okay. The general manager has been around for a while. You've got to do something to turn, you know, and, and this was before the injuries. Mm-hmm. So this included Chandler Jones on the roster. This Corey is, Peters. Uh, Corey Peters, all the guys that ended up on the injured reserve. Jordan Phillips. All of them. Okay. So this was, the, this was a bottom five roster according to some some okay. groups. You okay. got you got to you got to put better players around these guys. So the one thing that I will say, Steve will not be in hot water this year because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade alone. The fact that he was able to get from under David Johnson's contract, who you said off the air before we started, he's the one that gave him the contract in the first place. So I give you full credit for that, which is very true. Right. But the fact that he was able to get from under that and bring in oh, absolutely. one of the top receivers in the game, I, that has to count for something. Sure it does. That, that, get, that buys you at least a year. As far as what are you doing? Because he did significantly upgrade the receiving core by bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, and you've got some cap space by getting rid of David Johnson's contract. Mm-hmm. So you you added talent, so, so you, and you cleared up money. You get an That's extra good. year. You get an you get extra year, year for, for saying yes when when Bill O'Brien wants to commit professional suicide. Yeah, absolutely. You you definitely get credit for it because I would have loved to have like a like you know how you see those like those those ring cameras where you yeah. see something I would love to have a ring like one of those cameras in Steve Kimes' office when he's on the phone with Bill O'Brien and that tra- eyes as big as saucers saying uh, uh, okay I, I yeah. think I can work with that yeah and so and it, the only thing about that though is on a funny note like there's no way Steve Kimes was going to let him hang up. Because if no he'd have let him hang up, no way. that deal probably doesn't get done. Somebody else gets that deal done. So here's my thing with this, though. 
Here's my thing with this, Bertrand, and, and, and there's no questioning the talent of DeAndre Hopkins. Sure. You look at the wide receiver group. Other with than. with the uh, put it together with DeAndre set Hopkins. Set him aside. Set him aside. Or even include him and say, where does the Cardinals wide receiving core stack up against other wide receiving cores? And you can do this position position group by position group. Other than wide receiver, I'm sorry, other than quarterback and your number one wide receiver, who on that offense is untouchable? Mm. Who do you look on that offense and say, you know what? This is a guy that we have to keep. If, if, are we if talking skill position players or are we talking about offense? Offense in total. I, I, I think you keep uh, DJ Humphreys. I think he earned uh, I think he earned a Pro Bowl nod this year. I think he got snubbed. And I, agree I with thought you he on played that. well enough. To, so three of your 11. Okay. I, 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 and I, but we're not, we don't have time, and I don't want to go through every position. But yeah. my point is the general manager is responsible for giving sure. the head coach a roster sure. to work with. Sure, sure. And – you know, whether or not you should have hired Cliff Kingsbury two years ago or right. not, you did. Right. So you need to give him the type of players that he can work with in the system that he wants to run. And I don't think you can do – you can't turn over an NFL roster that quickly anyways. But are you headed in that direction? And I don't know that you can say you are. You look at the running backs. You look at the, the wide receiver group. Sure. I mean, we talked about Larry Fitzgerald and how we hold him in such high esteem. Yeah. You know, but you've got a guy who made $11 million – that had less than 500 yards receiving and one touchdown this mm -hmm. year. And that is no disrespect to Larry Fitzgerald. That's more, to me, a question about what are you doing as the general manager putting this roster together. Right. You lucked into a Dan Arnold. Yep. You know, that, that wasn't a part of a plan. You just right. grabbed up Dan Arnold. Right. You know, you look at Kenyon Drake. You, we talked about Chase Edmonds already. You look at that running back group. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't see it. You look at it, and we can flip it over and have the same conversation on the defensive side. But see, Mike, the thing that, that I would refute you on is if you are Steve Kime, don't you go through this roster, especially in a COVID year with your head coach? Like, doesn't he have some culpability in this? Because at some point he has to say, okay, in order for my offense to work, I need these guys. I need this and this and this and this. They had 100 guys on the roster at one point mm -hmm. or 90 guys on the roster yeah. at one point. They went through it together. It wasn't where Steve Kime just said, I don't like him, I don't like him. Cliff Kingsbury had some say in what guys stayed and what guys, and, and, and what guys left. So it, it's not going to always be one guy cut and dry. He's responsible for the entire roster because yeah. in today's NFL, the head coach has to be able to pick some of the groceries in the words of the great Bill Parcells. They, they, they allow them to pick some of the groceries if you're going to ask them to cook the meal. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair point, and, and that does happen. You know, and I just wonder how much do you give a, a second-year coach uh, how much latitude do you give a second-year coach in those kind of conversations? I mean, high level, you have that conversation. Hey, sure. I need a guy who can do this. I need a guy sure. that can do that. Sure. Right? Um, but he's on the field with these guys. Uh, no, absolutely. That he picked. And that's the I guess that's the frustrating part. Like this, the, the, to me, the general manager and the head coach are joined together on this one. Uh, like, you know, because however it came down, the general manager hired the head coach. Okay. So and, when and they fire one, they got to fire the other. Basically what you're saying, if they're joined at the hip, one gets fired, the other one's got to go too. Yeah. Well, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> what did the Lions do? <laughs> they they didn't fire the head coach. Yeah. They, they didn't fire the, the general manager. manager. Yeah. They walked them both out. Yeah. They said, gentlemen, thank you very much. Peace. See you later. See you later. Yeah. It, it, but they – I, I don't know. And I'm not – I am absolutely not calling for anybody's job. I'm especially not saying that the head coach needs to go because, again – 
as a Detroit Lions fan, you can turn it, you can turn it over and over and over, mm-hmm. and what do you get? You know, yeah. at some point you got to look at things, and I think that's the frustrating thing, right? If you're a fan, you're looking at this, saying, "Wow, like, you know, d- does this team have a plan? Does it does it have a plan?" And we talked a lot about Cliff Kingsbury was bought in as an answer to Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan. Don't forget Kyle Shanahan. Because they but both fit that mold. I think Sean made the point. Maybe you made the point. I don't know. Somebody made the point. It's a good one. Maybe, you know, it was a cheap version, and if that's the case. Because I went and looked at it. I was like, and I knew this, but what, what, what was Sean McVay's pedigree before he was elevated to the head coach of the Rams? Uh, he came out of the womb in football meeting rooms. Yeah. Spent time decisions. in Tampa. Uh, grandfather was a high-ranking high officer in the NFL. He was, in, he was in the, on the Redskins staff for a long time. Not great teams necessarily. No. But he was able to, to avoid some of the, 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 the owner issues over there. But he was on the sideline. He understands how the NFL game works. Yeah. I mean, he was a gopher for, for John Gruden, for goodness sake. He used to go get his sandwiches and, and get his laundry. Yeah, he was an offensive assistant with the Bucks in 2008. Before that, he was doing exactly what, what B-Train was talking about. He, was, he, he yeah. wanted to be in the building so bad he was answering phones and doing what he could. And Gruden, appreciating that and knowing his family, Gruden right. and his family go way back, sure. uh, gave him an opportunity. But then he was with the Redskins, as you talked about, as an offensive assistant in 2010. He was a tight, tight ends, ends coach through 2013. He was the OC. And then he got his shot. And not to mention, let's not forget this, when he did get his shot, he was going to handle the offense. He was going to be the quote-unquote head coach. Who was the defensive coordinator? Wade Phillips. Okay, but can we – That's a big part of the whole equation there. You went out and got Vance Joseph. No disrespect, Vance. I thought he did a great job this year. It's now Wade Phillips. Can we go back to the Washington football team, though? Can we talk about the fact that at one point they had Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, all on the same roster – as far as coaches. Yeah. They could have – and they had uh, 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 from Green Bay, the coach at Green Bay. They were all there together. LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. They were all on the same coaching yeah. staff at one point. And, and, and for a team that has been spinning their wheels for years and years and years and years, to have three guys who have all gone on to do great things. I think Matt LaFleur is the only one that hasn't gone to a Super Bowl yet. Yet. But he's gone to two – or he's gone to an NFC Championship game in his first year, and he just won he's got number one seed 13 year, games. Yeah, yeah so it's worked out seed. pretty well. Yeah. I like, how does Washington not pick from one of those guys? Right. Don't, yeah, that's, don't a whole, that's, that's a whole conversation. And, again, we've talked about the owner there. But to that point – And so, how toxic – now, with all the lawsuits that have been filed, how toxic it apparently is working – or has been working for the residents. Okay, so that, that, that brought me back to my, my thought about the Cardinals and their roster. What's the difference between the Green Bay Packers – and the Arizona Cardinals right now. The one thing that they lamented about with the first overall pick is that they didn't do anything to give Aaron Rodgers any help. They talked about how they didn't have anybody to really help compete for championships. Why, when you have a guy playing in his prime just coming off of an NFC championship game, even though they were dominated, why do you go and pick a quarterback with the first-round pick when clearly there are needs at offensive line, there's needs at receiver. When was the last time they spent about? any draft capital on wide receivers for Aaron Rodgers? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, though. no, you're exactly right. But, but that's what I'm saying. So they're in the same position, yet here they are with 13 wins, and here we are, 8-8, eight and eight, talking about a bad season, and where do they go from here? Yeah. So it, it's, it's really about perspective, and, and if you win some of those games you're supposed to win, we're having a completely different conversation about the same guys that are in on this team in that – Okay, they're good enough. You can you can get by. We just need one more piece to put them over the top. Yeah. 
No, I think that's, that, that's exactly right. And then going back to here, you know, what's the relationship between the general manager and the head coach? At some point, isn't it incumbent on the, the general manager to have that tough conversation with the head coach? It's and say, his job. Look, this, what you're doing game day, you know, because you can go back and dissect every game in Cliff Kingsbury's long 32-game history <laughs> as the head coach. Right. And you can look at, at, at plays, at, at clock management, at substitute, whatever, and, and you can say, it's not working. Yeah. It's not working. We got to do something. Do we get you help? Do we get you another, you know, do we bring in an offensive coordinator to sure. assist you? Yeah. I don't know what it is. But to, to, to anybody to expect that it was like, okay, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be Sean McVay. And I went mm -hmm. and added it up and yeah. had Sean check my math. Yesterday in Los Angeles was Sean McVay. It was his 192nd game on an NFL sideline in an official capacity, not counting all the other things he did mm -hmm. working his way up sure. as the offensive uh, quality control coach in Tampa, tight, tight ends, offense, 192nd game. Yeah. I mean, you're going to learn certain things just by osmosis at the start of your career about some of the things that we see Cliff Kingsbury struggling with. Well, Yesterday was Cliff Kingsbury's 32nd game in a coaching capacity in the NFL. On the, period, on the NFL overall. You know, all, at all. Yeah, and even Kyle Shanahan, you, you, he's got the last name. You obviously know who his dad is, but don't hate on his own resume. You know, he was the he was a Buccaneers quality, offensive yeah. quality coach. Uh, he was a wide receivers coach with the Texans. He was the quarterbacks coach with the Texans, the OC with the Texans, the OC with the Redskins, the OC with the Browns, the OC with the Falcons. Went to a couple Super Bowls mixed in there. So we can say, oh, you know, Shanahan, the last name, his dad. Oh, no, he has his own he resume. Cut his own teeth. You look so, at the resumes that these guys have, they, they, they've earned it, and they, you have to learn certain things, I would think. And, and that's what I want to go back to something we touched on in the, in the, in the uh, first part of the podcast when you talk about the kind of the, the atmosphere around this team the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. You played 12 years. Mm -hmm. You got a guy, and I know you never played for Cliff Kingsbury, but when a guy's got 26 or 32 games in, and he's making mental mistakes as a head coach mm -hmm. that's costing you games. Mm -hmm. How's it, how, how, do you, how do you feel about that as a player, I guess is You're my frustrated. question. You're right? frustrated because you know that you only have so many times to roll out on that field and compete. There, there is a very finite number to your career. You only have so many games in your career, regardless of how long you play. Even if you're playing Tom Brady-ish and playing 21, yeah. 22 seasons, it's still a finite number. There's yeah. still going to be a beginning and an end. And I think for those players in that locker room, they understand that we can't afford to waste these. That's why you're lamenting now. That's why this is going to be such a long offseason yeah. for Arizona Cardinal football players. It's going to be a long one for the, the, the coaches because their jobs are dependent on it. But the players, this is their legacy, and they understand that I don't have very many chances to get to the playoffs. And we had two cracks at it at the end of a really up-and-down season, to say the least. And, and the fact that we controlled our own destiny for two straight weeks and we didn't get it done – that's going to make those guys lose a lot of sleep. But the thing that I want to get back to is when you start talking about 192 games on an NFL sideline, think about the guys he had to be able to pick their brains and, and get information from. Yeah. That, that to me, when you start talking, it's not just it's 192 games because you can be, you could be on the Cincinnati Bengals sidelines right. for 192 games, yeah. and that's not going to really help you. Not, uh, and shot taken at the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, I'm taking a shot at them. But 
when you start talking about the guys that they learned under, the Shanahan's and, and the Sean McVay's, they learned from some of the all-time greats. They talked they talk with guys that has Super Bowl rings, plural, on their fingers. So the guys that have won and, and know more foot, they have forgotten more football than most people remember. Absolutely. So that, that's a tremendous advantage when you start talking about going up against a guy that has has that's maybe you know same age or maybe even a little younger, but still uh, as seasoned as a Sean McVay is. That that that's going to always rear its ugly head until you get those those that experience and be able to catch up. Oh yeah, I mean, you just look at some of the names that he's been around, and even if even if you don't pick brains, you learn it by osmosis, being around and watching, and, and maybe at some point incorporating what you've seen into into your own development as a and as a coordinator or a position coach or even a quality control type coach. Sure. Um, and so that's where I again I go back to the fact that you know maybe maybe the Cardinals need to have that tough love conversation and do what they did in Chicago and say look this ain't working the way we're calling these games particularly because I think that's where the frustration comes in. So and you look at it and say yeah. what we're doing here isn't working, Cliff. Yep. How, how can we make it better? How can we help you be better as a head coach? I think at some point you have to give him an ultimatum. I think you have to, as you said, the difficult conversation is. Okay, Cliff, we, we have given you two years. We've given you a, a competitive roster. It's not a top five roster, but it's a competitive roster. And you've had opportunities to get into the postseason, albeit an easy schedule or just good fortune, fall your way, and you didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. So now there, there isn't any excuse because the same guys that you have that people may poo-poo on some levels, they were still in a position at the end of the season – to get you to double-digit wins, and for whatever reason, yeah. it didn't work, and you're going to be the guy that's going to be blamed. So you've got to figure this thing out. Yeah, we can add a piece here or there, yep. but you're not turning over 25 guys on this roster and from from 2020 into 2021 and thinking that that's going to be the difference and that's going to get you to where you want to go in this division. And even if you could, in the NFL, salary caps and everything like that, it's not possible. You can't no. blow up a whole roster and start over from scratch. No. So – You've got to make incremental changes to improve where you can, but there has to be some tough conversations that happen within the coaching staff. And it has, I, 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 if I was the owner, right. and he's not going to call me in, if I was the owner, I would make Steve Keim and Cliff King, send them on a, uh, on a retreat somewhere. Lock them in an office send somewhere. Send them golfing. That's where all the deals get where, done. Where, where, wherever this happens golf. and say, something needs to change. Something because you look at it, we don't have time to get into this. So we talked about all these penalties on this team. Oh my gosh, the, the, the penalty situation ridiculous. Yes, I mean, the, there's the, a statistic in the NFL. Now I didn't even know this until recently, but you know the NFL actually keeps track on their official statistics page for the media of what they call stalled drives due to penalty. Right. I didn't know you didn't even know that was a thing. The Arizona Cardinals have 36 stalled drives. I take it back, 38. Stalled drives this year due to penalty. 16 of those are on false start alone. That's just not mentally being there, right? Like, is, I mean, it, at times. It's just losing focus at times. And what does that go back to? So, even if you go just three points on those drives, that's 114 points. Right. Exactly. And to dig further into that, who, who should the false start penalty not be on? The center. Mason Cole... I forget the exact number that he was responsible for. Was it 18, I think? He's a Michigan guy. I so have it. 
He's got uh, six of them. Six of them. Uh, he's got six. That, that uh, can't be. He had four in the last two weeks. So 25, it's, 25 yards total for Mason Cole is what I'm looking this year? at right here. We well, he had four in the last two weeks. <laughs> this year. He had wow. four in the last two weeks. Wow. So my point is you've got to do something. If, if I'm Michael Bidwell, again, he's not going to call me. Right. You need to do something. You need to, you need to have a tough love. Right. You need to, you know, like everybody else, you have a job. You get, uh, I, I write performance reviews at the mm-hmm. day job. Mm-hmm. Hey, employee, you did really well here. You did really, here's some things I need you to work on. Yep. If I'm having that conversation, I'm like, Cliff, this is not working out. Your, you know, your offensive mind, maybe it's, uh, it, it's, it's too much. Maybe the, you need to have something. Something needs to change here. The other thing, too, you have to always remember, Mike, is there has to be that moment where you're really honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're the Cardinals, and, and a lot of Cardinal fans that are listening to this aren't going to like this, I, I, I apologize, but I'm not apologizing. When you look at this division, the fourth-place team, the San Francisco 49ers, just came off of a Super Bowl run, had one of the more – telling injury list of, of, of guys to not make the end of the season. And they were the fourth-place team. They would have won the NFC East this year with the record that they have. Yeah. So this is not one of those you're losing to a, a, a cupcake division. This is one of the hardest divisions in all of football. So to think that you're just going to leapfrog the Rams and leapfrog the Seahawks and leapfrog the 49ers all by personnel changes – that's not how this thing works. You don't do that in a year. You don't do that in two years. Usually this takes about three, four years to really overturn it and really have a changing of the guard. So, uh, yeah, they can, they can make changes, but are they going to be enough to really knock off the teams that they're looking up to in this division? Yeah, Sean just handed me the, the, uh, the list. The, the drive stalled by the offensive line. Justin mm. Pugh, six. Mm. And, and then the Mason Cole, maybe I was a little hard on him, but still, your starting center, you, you know, you would think. Look at the look at the player at the top of the list for the most penalties for on the Arizona Cardinals roster this year. I, I, this is the NFL in 2020. Patrick got, Peterson. Your top, your, two of your top three, though, are your cornerbacks, Drake Kirkpatrick and Patrick but Peterson. But look at the number next to Patrick Peterson. 114. Yards. Four, 14, 14. 100, 14 penalties, 114 yards. Right. I, w- I would venture to guess, and, and we're not going to bore everybody with this. Maybe we'll do a little research and come back, because I love this, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, I would venture to guess that if you were to look at every team in the NFL, who the top two, three players on that list gonna are, are going to be your cornerbacks. Sure. Yeah. Right? So that's the NFL in 2020. You know, cornerbacks get all the disrespect, I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't know. So to the point, there is a lot of work that needs to be done here. And um, to your point, it's going to be a very long offseason yeah. for Cardinals, Cardinals fans, Cardinals yeah. players, coaching staff. Sorry, y'all. I love y'all, but we got to keep it. We got to keep it 100. Right? Got to keep it real. Got to keep it 100. All right. On the other side, though, there is good news from the NFL. Mm. Some other things to kick around. We'll do that on the other side. Training gross. Be trained. Mike Gross. Train and gross. Rolling along here. Training gross. Follow us on Twitter. How about this? At training gross. <laughs> That's pretty easy. <laughs> it's not. It's See, not I bad. complain about the suits up in the corporate office all the time. They did get that right. And thanks to those of you who subscribe on uh, iTunes or Spotify, wherever you find us, and leave us a review if you're listening. Speaking of feedback for the head coach of the Cardinals, mm. we'll take feedback. I'd like to hear from people. Hey, uh, it, you know, not all bad news around the NFL. I think first and foremost, NFL, 
They got through the regular season. It's 2020. No cancellations. No cancellations. They had to bump some stuff around. They had to play some Tuesday games. They played every day of the week. They played every day of the week, but they got the season in, and they didn't do the bubble like we suggested at the beginning. So kudos to them for getting it in. Yeah, kudos, But now the hard part starts. Yeah, kudos to them, but, I mean, it, 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 it didn't feel great at no, all it, the time. It, it was clunky at times. Ask the Steelers. <laughs> Ask the Steelers. <laughs> Ask Ooh. the Lions, you know, Ooh. your whole Ravens. coaching staff's down. Well, yeah. no, you guys will just go ahead and play and get that yeah. offensive quality control guy. Give him some more. Give him yeah, a right. give him a headphone. But and now, a clipboard. now, now the tricky part starts though, guys, because you know they were able to move those games as we mentioned to a Wednesday, yeah. move it to a Tuesday, move it to a Monday. Yeah. That doesn't happen in the postseason. It can you, happen. You, so you, your your wiggle room is gone, you yeah. know, to make this work. So now now, you, now the interesting the part wall. starts. You you look at it immediately after the game last night. The schedule was set in stone because we have an expanded playoff field this year, and so they're playing three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and you you don't have any wiggle room. You, None. You don't. None. You and and. Look, the regular season's nice, but this is where everybody makes their money. This is where the TV partners really weigh in on this stuff. Mike, this is the time where if you can't keep it together as a player or a member of this organization, you, you name whatever team, 14 teams that are in, mm-hmm. if you can't sacrifice for the next month for a lifetime of bragging rights and memories – then you don't deserve to get to play those games. Right. If there is a COVID case now, regardless – now, I understand sometimes you don't know there's super spreaders out there that, that don't even know that they have it, and, and situations happen. I get that. But if you're putting yourself in harm's way by being careless and reckless as a player or a coach or a team trainer or whatever – I'm with you. And you come down with COVID at this point, and it's not one of those where it was just a super spreader and you had no idea. Shame on you because you know full well what is at stake. And if you put your team in harm's way, they will never, and I repeat, never forgive you for it. I totally agree. All right, I'm going to run through this real quickly. This is just the, the games in order as they're going to be played this weekend. Sure. Just get top of mind when you hear about the, the, the matchup and the okay. games and, and that sort of thing. Let's do it. First up on Saturday, you've got Indianapolis at Buffalo. Who is going to be able to check Stefan Diggs? Yeah. He is – he and, and Josh Allen are on a wavelength that I've never seen. Talk about the year of the free agent wide receiver mm-hmm. or, you know, via trade. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Who's had the better season, DeAndre Hopkins or Stephon Diggs? Stephon Diggs. I, 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 you, you look at it. And Could it that be because of the, the team? Well, I mean, the package around him, the, it's, it's more complete. And, you know, you look at the, the coaching staff. I mean, when you have a coaching staff and those coordinators we talked about mm-hmm. for some of these mm-hmm. uh, off, uh, the, the jobs that are open, right. that tells you all you need to know about the difference between the two organizations. Yeah, I the think w- that gets ugly. The one thing I'll talk about Indianapolis real quick, uh, you know, you Philip. Uh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. A little bit of redemption there. You know, I, I don't know how much he's got left, and I'm not trying to – but when you leave, when the Chargers say we're done with you, we're, we're going in a different direction, mm-hmm. and you're able to take the, the Colts to the to the place. The Colts, the Colts took him to the place. Let's just be you real. You think? Yeah. yeah that, well, either way, they're going. Yeah, they're going. And, and Philip Philip was he, – he had he, – he, he got front seat because he's the oldest. Throwing an ugly ball too a little bit, man. It's, it's not getting any pretty. A All right, little game, bit? Where have you been the last couple of years? It looks goodness. painful when he throws the ball. Game yeah, two, like the uh, <laughs> NFC West takes center stage. The Rams head up to Seattle. And, uh, you know, with all the questions that they have, the injuries certainly they have, and, and we haven't seen the 
you know, to the point about COVID, a lot, you know, Cooper Cup, for example, is a COVID uh, casualty. And the, will he the, be ready in time? Will they? Will he be clear? Because he might not have it. He might be asymptomatic. But it's all about timing with with that. And um, I don't know. Three and a half points. I think I saw was the uh, the the Seahawks are favored at home against the Rams. But three times in one year, playing playing a team in the same division. My question is, who's going to block Aaron Donald? If you can block Aaron Donald, then they shouldn't have any problems. But if you cannot block that man, because to me, he is the single most disruptive player in the NFL right now. Season series split between the two teams. Who's um, going to block that guy? Yeah. That, that's the only question I have for that entire yeah. game. I, of course, we got Les, let Russ Cook and DJ, DK Metcalf and all. Who is going to block Aaron Donald? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Uh, the Rams won 23-16 in Los Angeles. They lose 20-9 uh, to uh, in Seattle. So Since so Seattle got healthy defensively, though, it's been a different football team. Since Jamal Adams has been back, I think they, they lead the league in, in sacks sure. since he – him and uh, – Yeah, he's got ten and a half himself, which so is a he's, record for the league. Yeah, he, yeah Adrian, you remember how, Adrian Wilson's were our And that's a good record. point, how they started they, – they were very much questioned defensively when the right. season started. Since they got healthy, it's a different team. Yeah. Like, Russ doesn't have to cook quite quite the meal he had to cook early in he's the He's kind of microwaving right for now. The, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You know, Ooh. TV dinner here and there, but they're getting a job done. Defensively, though, they've, they've really turned a corner. I, I think it's going to be a difficult game for the Rams, especially if they're as beat up next week offensively as they were this week. Are they turning back into the early Seahawks where it was dominant defense and Russ just Can't run the ball lose? quite as well. You know, Carson's not – He's not beast mode. No, he's not beast mode. But, but, goes, but is it the still? Is it the same formula though? Before we, I think so. We I were think talking so. about the Cardinals. You used the Packers as the example around right. how they. I think you could use Seattle too, where there's always questions. There's always what about this? Why you lose this player? You lose that. But player. they've got proven receivers. Though, right? got, but I'm just saying, but different positions, sure. but same questions sure. where they just figure out a way. And I think the answer to the question is just the culture uh, within the building. That's the biggest advantage, Mike. Uh, all right, net cap, Saturday night. And this goes to show you how the NFL just loves their story. Tom Brady. Oh, no, that stands for Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it said TB. <laughs> at, I thought yeah. that was Tom Brady. It, uh, it basically is. Buccaneers at the Washington. And Football that's the team. funny part. It's at Washington because Six and ten. they are your they division winners. Division. They are your division winners. I think if <laughs> Tom Brady and I think Bruce Arians and company were ecstatic when they got the seating that they got because they knew they were going to play the NFC East champion. And whoever was going to be, they didn't care. If it was Philly, if it was Dallas, if it was the Giants, I mean, you still when you you still barely get double-digit wins when you combine all three of their records together. I yeah. mean, are you kidding me right now? Six and ten won that division. So I think for Tampa Bay is can they get to – if they can get – can they get to 40 points? Can they get to 40 points? You think, and, and, you think it's like that? Because I, I see a Washington team whose front seven can get after you. But they're young. And you Tom know? Brady exposes young teams. When you're young, Tom Brady has a field. Remember the Rams in that last Super Bowl, how young they were mm -hmm. and, and how Tom did just enough? And they didn't really have a lot of weapons. We, we keep talking about teams without a lot of weapons. They won that game 13-3, to but they did enough. And luckily for Tampa, it looks like it's going to be cool but dry. In 
our nation's capital. Sun. It's not gonna matter. Saturday. So let me ask you. This. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, if you were to get one of those nor'easters, yeah, the elements. Blows, I, I, get yeah, 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 I get you. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's in a better a better situation right now? The Tampa Bay Buc going into the wild card weekend. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road as the number two seed in the NFC South, or the division winners in the Saints, who are the number two seed in the conference, but have to host the Bears. Tampa Bay. Isn't that crazy? You're better off not That's what I'm telling your division you. this year. That's what I'm telling you. Bruce Aarons was ecstatic. Like, oh, I, I, I get to play Washington for my first playoff game? Oh, we're past the dip. Sunday, your opening <laughs> game is Baltimore at Tennessee. Tennessee. Ooh, I can't wait for this one. Tennessee playing some such entertaining it's a rematch, football. man. Uh, I, I got two thoughts on this one. The first one is who – is going to slow down Lamar Jackson, who's playing at a he's playing at his MVP level right now. Mm-hmm. But who is going to tackle that grown man in Derrick Henry? Nobody could do it last year. Nope. And that was the problem. Two thousand twenty seven yards this man ran for in twenty twenty. He <laughs> almost he oh he he outrushed the year that he that he played in. He had twenty twenty seven in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty. Yeah. So, when you start talking about how it's simple, can you slow this man down? Because you don't even have to get to Tannehill and, and A.J. Brown and, 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 and Davis and all those other weapons. Can you tackle 22? No. And he had 135 yards rushing last time these two teams played. And 253. Two, and threw a touchdown. Yeah, that's right. He had 250. Matter of fact, I think against the Texans, his last three games against the Texans, he's gone for over two bills mm. in each one of the last three against the Texans. And, mm. and how entertaining. Tennessee, to me, like, you don't pay they're, – they're not – Ryan Tannehill, and, but they are entertaining. Like, every time – even that Houston game yesterday. Like, it would have been a shame if they would have screwed up what they were working on by losing to the Texans, but still – the, the, the way they play, it's just it, – to me, it's entertaining football. I'm, I, I'm, I like watching the Titans. I'm, I'm biased because Mike Vrabel is my age. We, we go way back to our days in, at Notre Dame and Ohio State. But I love the way that they play, to your point, Mike. They are a fun team that is not afraid. Yeah. They are coming to punch you in the mouth, and you're either going to counter – or you're going to fall flat on your face because they're coming. Yeah. And they're, they're coming with that big haymaker. How big of a game is this for Lamar? It's everything for Lamar. It, because the narrative, remember, I brought it up uh, last week or whenever we were Lamar. talking about yeah. it. I said the you know Lamar Jackson has yet to win that big game. Sean, I think he's in a better position to win this year than he was last year. And this is why. Last year, all the expectations were Super Bowl or bust. Now there's not expectations on the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. They come into the playoffs with a much different narrative than they did last year. It was last year, can MVP Lamar Jackson take this team to where they want to go? The playoffs go through Baltimore, and they forgot that they had to actually go and play games. Oh, by the way, is, is this Baltimore-Tennessee game the most entertaining, the, the best game of the six games this weekend? Of what I, you just said so far, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's keep it moving. Chicago yes. at New Orleans. Oh, this, this, is, this is a I, – I think the, the football gods owed the Saints one. <laughs> Based on what so they happened delivered the Bears the last three years, you're talking about an eight and eight Bears team that they just they just picked up their quarterback from the scrap heap and 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 gave him another chance and 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 you know is it Mitch is it, is it Mitchell Trubisky like you don't even know what to call him and they they figured out a way to get into the playoffs but 
to me, this is you owe the Saints one. Yeah. With all of the gut-wrenching playoff performances that they've had the last three years and the way that they've lost, th- they owed them one. This yeah. is and, why th- and this is that one. You always have to put context to numbers and stats. I, I hate the advanced stats in the NFL. It's just there's too many variables. It's such a small sample size. The Bears are one in six against winning teams yeah. this year. One in six. They, like, what was that it, losing streak? Some, they they had to six make, game win, losing streak. Sometimes yeah. things Ugly. break your way. Yeah. you know what I mean. And they, and the schedule kind of did for the Bears late, Even and it did for Mitch Trubisky. No, no, and that's what I said about the Cardinals too. I can go down the list of the teams the Cardinals had a chance to play and the backup quarterback list. Well, that they yeah, had an opportunity to play. And, 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 but it, the Bears took advantage of it breaking their way. Well, just just enough. They have the same record you do. Well, but just enough. That's it. You know, you you lose to the Packers with everything on the line. You sit back and you're like, well, Cardinals did their thing, so we're going mm. right. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if it's justice or not for that one. If if you can't catch that game on CBS, it's also on Nickelodeon. Yeah, you tuning in? I got to tune in just to see what they got planned. Like what? What, are, what kind of weird Nickelodeon. stuff, dude? They're putting this game on Nickelodeon. And they're doing all the like <laughs> crazy stuff for the broadcast. SpongeBob I think Von Miller is going to be a part of this broadcast, Square which is the pants. perfect dude to have on that broadcast. So if somebody says, "I don't know," do they get slimed? Uh, I maybe. mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nickelodeon has to be one of the funnest TV stations I could ever remember. I think they'll Some have of the shows, you know, physical challenges. You know, yeah. answer, answer the question or oh physical challenge, gosh. right? Double a- dare, a- absolutely. Were you a double dare guy, Mike? All right, last game of the weekend, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Again, a, a rematch. Um, and, you know, and you, you look at – go ahead. Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you look at, uh, you know, that playoff streak being over, mm-hmm. and it, but it wasn't a given. Uh, you know, they, they had to work it to the very end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they played the Steelers, and, and you have some history with this, where you play a team in the last week of the year, then you come back and play them in the opening round. Steelers, I, I I didn't know Big Ben didn't even travel. Yeah. So, so now the thing the thing that's interesting about this one is it's a division opponent which wasn't like us, and unlike us, they switch home stadiums. Yeah. And so you know Cleveland got congratulations to them. They won eleven games. They got into the playoffs, and that that Cleveland fan base finally finally yeah. get extra football, which they've been dying for since nineteen ninety nine, basically. Yep. And I I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and this is a team that is struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, the injuries that they've occurred and the way that they've lost games and the way that they've actually won games very ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's kind of a toss up. I'm 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 not just going to give it Pittsburgh is it running though? away. Yes, is I'm, it though? It is a toss up. I mean, they they beat the Browns thirty eight to seven when healthy. It was game in one. It was, was game one. I was getting no. That you're thinking of the you're thinking of the Ravens game. This was game. This was October eighteenth. So this was okay. One two three four fifth game. This is game five of the year. Okay. For the for the for the Steelers. That was um, a lifetime ago. Right. But do you have any idea how close the Browns were to Brownsing this on Sunday? If they lose that game, and the Steelers with, with Mason Rudolph at quarterback are a two-point conversion away from putting that thing into That's overtime. That's exactly what happened. And if the Browns would have lost because the Colts won. The Dolphins and because the, the Yes. Yeah. Well, so think about how they were, they were this close to Brownsing it up to begin with. They, they get ran out of the building in Pittsburgh this week. Well, you, well and you talk about the, the, the whole injury slash COVID. The Browns the last couple of weeks have been hit hard, and there's no Decimated. question that they're going to be fully – uh, armed and ready to go. So there's even core. Yeah, right. So there's there's a lot of questions out there about this, but I, I I'm kind of leaning towards Sean mm-hmm. or with Sean, agreeing with Sean, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, 
Steelers. Yeah. But my the one thing I will say, uh, just to put a wrap on that one, the game last week, it was a great moment after the game. Miles Garrett went up to Mason Rudolph, yeah. and they they gave each other a pound. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of them where you didn't hear everything that was said, but there had to be some sort of an acknowledgement, and, and you saw two grown men able to settle their differences. I thought it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. To me, it was the perfect way – to bring in 2021 based off of all the Good ugliness I like that. that yep. happened in 2020. Yeah, I like a, that. It was a great bow to put on it. Real quickly before we get out of here on this segment, and uh, most people tune in for Pump the Brakes. Anyway, <laughs> so it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I know word. I do. That's yeah, why I'm here. You. I'm here for Pump the Brakes. <laughs> I hear you. Derek Henry, we talked about him a moment ago. Grown man. Uh, MVP. All I hear is, was it Brett? I'm sorry, Brett Farr. It's not Brett It's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Or yeah. is it Patrick Mahomes? Right. Either or. I'm Patrick. I'm a I'm – a, oh, and oh, don't forget, grown man playing running back for Tennessee. Yeah. 2,000 yards is very difficult to do. Only the eighth in history. 40, 48 touchdown passes is very difficult to do, and that's what Aaron Rodgers just did with the number one overall seed. Right, and, that, and a lot of it comes down to that. And Sean made the point before we came on that the MVP has almost turned into a quarterback award. Almost? Nearly. So, what do you mean so, almost? So let me ask you all this real quick, and I, I hate to cut you off, Mike. Very fair. Because I, I I'm going to lose it if I don't say it right now. Is the MVP the, is the most valuable or the best player? Which, which is it? Because if it's the best player, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's lost one game after going to a Super Bowl with the target on your back all year long. You've lost one game. You want to know what it really is? And he's only – what four or five touchdowns behind Aaron Rodgers? It is the it, it is the most hyped player on the team that won at least ten games. If you look, if you go back, and I, I went back to two thousand, so the last twenty of them, Tennessee the won ten av- games. The average winner, the average winner's team won eleven won eleven games on average. Back to two thousand, which is why when we had all this talk about Kyler, I'm like, he winning it. They got to, no. they got to get you know, win ten or eleven games. games. Yeah. But you got the last non-quarterback to win the award was Adrian Peterson in 2012. They won nine. That games was that his year. comeback year. Remember, but remember what he? I mean, he was two thousand yards. He was, but he was two thousand yards, and he's pushing for the record. He was, set, he was, he was what twenty yards short of the overall single season record. Yeah, Dixon went true. Before that, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go all the way back to two thousand six for Ladainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander, who won it back to back years. Both of them did something and sensational, right? LaDainian Thomason broke the touchdown record. Sean Alexander went well over 2,000 yards. And I, so you, to win it as a non-quarterback, you got to do something so sensational, right. but your team also has to be 10, 11, 12 wins deep. Right. Well, that's why you bring up Derrick Henry, and, and, and I'm not even necessarily advocating for him to get it, but to me, he should be more than an afterthought in the conversations, what it feels like right now. Yeah, and, and there, there are stats to back that up, Mike, because he has the most carries. He has the most yards. He has the most rushing touchdowns. He has the most rushing attempts. And to Sean's point, his team won 10 games. His team won, I think, 11 games. 11 games. It was 10, 11 games. That hasn't happened since 1962. And he had two walk-off touchdowns in overtime, which has never been done in the same season. And multiple 200-yard games. So it's not as if he just he had 1,000 carries for 2,000 yards, where he's averaging two yards a carry. This man was getting it done when they knew what the game plan was in order for the Tennessee if Titans to win. If you go by the the true meaning of the most award, valuable. most valuable player. Take him off the team. Can Tannehill get you, it done? You can't make an art. No, because their their whole offense is predicated around the play-action game. They're going to pound you, pound you, pound you, and as soon as that safety comes up, boop, 
there it goes over the top to Brown. So that I mean, you take you remove him from the equation, their entire offense has to change. So uh-huh. if if you remove Patrick Mahomes from I was just, I was just from the there. equation, I was just going. Who, there. Who's the backup there? Chad Henney still? Yeah, he they got they got beat by the Chargers. But but listen, but listen, take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers. Who's the backup there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I kind of agree there. I, but I think. It was, <laughs> I'm going to use the video of that face for <laughs> forever. I don't even know. Who's the backup? We can look this up. It doesn't matter. That, that's the point. It doesn't matter. That's the point. But I need to know because I asked the question. <laughs> I just – I've got to know. And, and my – like I said, my point in bringing this up, I'm not uh, necessarily – We just talked about who the backup is. The guy they just drafted in the first round. Is, oh, shit, that's right. Uh, well, right now it's – Love, this, isn't it? According to their own the website right now, it's, Love. Uh, his name Love. No, his ass is third on the depth chart. They got oh, wow. Tim Tim Boyle is their backup quarterback. Oh, it's quarterback Tim Boyle. Right now. Oh, I did not know it's Tim Boyle. How did we not know that? But like I said, if if you know, you hear these guys that you know have a vote, and they're like, well, it's 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 either or. Aaron Rodgers. Wrong year. Wrong year. But wrong it, year. to me, it should be more. He should be more in the equation. More That's consideration. The he sh- it should be three. And again, not I'll be fair. I was watching the end of this game, uh, the Texans, and watching watching him do his thing yesterday. Two hundred and fifty yards. I was joking with a buddy going into that game. I was like, Ah, oh, he needs he needs two hundred and thirty yards to break two thousand this year. He, he went two fifty. I was kidding, two, thinking there was two no five chance. Oh. Dude goes for two fifty and two scores. And two running backs <laughs> that that I want to uh, as we wrap this up before pump the brakes. Uh, just. Maybe we're talking about him for the last time or not. I don't know. Uh, Frank Gore, mm. 16,000 career yards. He's got to get in. And doing it with the Jets most recently. Um, and got injured and ended. It, when you look it up, if he never plays another game in the National Football League, 16, he ended 000. at 16,000 yards even. even. And then Adrian Peterson watched him with Detroit. Looking like he could still go. Now, yeah. again, it was against a Minnesota team that wasn't playing for anything. Okay. But it was also Adrian Peterson doing it when behind the Detroit <laughs> offensive okay. line. And I don't know. Do you see either one of these guys uh, coming back next year? And do you have any personal memories of, of either one of these guys? Oh, I've got personal memories of both of them. Here's my two points before I forget them real quick. With Frank Gore, the only thing that works in his favor as far as Hall of Fame is Curtis Martin. Mm. Curtis Martin is in the Hall of Fame. Now, when you start talking about guys that weren't considered the top of their field, they weren't – he was never first-team All-Pro. You, he never rolled off the tongue as the top running back that year, ever. In 16 years, he was never considered that guy. It's like, oh, yeah, you got these guys, but, man, that Frank Gore. He was never that guy. But if Curtis Martin – can get in just based on being available and, and being an Iron Man and, and, and showing up for his team each and every week and, and each and every season. 16,000 yards. You got to put some respect on that man's name. 241 career games, three, just over 3,700 carries, 16,000 yards, 81 touchdowns. And the 16,000 yards puts him next to these two names. He's behind only Emmett Smith. And Barry and Sanders. Sweet, and, and, and Barry Sanders, yeah. He's, yeah. I think he's ahead of – You've got to uh, get him. Yeah. You've got to – he's ahead of Adrian James. He's yeah. ahead of uh, Adrian Peterson. Now, Adrian Peterson was that guy at, at some points of his career. He was the standard as far as running back is concerned. So, I have less problem with Adrian Peterson getting into the Hall of Fame than I do with a Frank Gore because Frank Gore was never that guy. Remember, in college, he was the third string running back behind Clint Portis and Adrian James. Even in college, he was overlooked. Yep. He wasn't the main guy. But 
16,000 yards is 16,000 yards. I don't care how you slice it. And and to keep going, I mean, he's 37 years of age. My I mean, goodness. you talk about that, and, and you know, we talk about Larry Fitzgerald and getting up, but the beating that a, a running back takes, particularly the way that that man runs. And And here's another thing. Like, we always talk about LeBron James. He actually has a chance to play with his son. I was going to bring that up. In the NFL. Yes. Like, if he can hold on for another year, I think, I think his son would be eligible. Frank Gore Jr. (laughs) To get into the NFL. You can play in the same. (laughs) As a running back. As a running back. Imagine that. Adrian Peterson is two years younger than Frank Gore. So he may he may have uh, you know some. Uh, he, so I love the comparison to Curtis Martin though. That's that's a great comparison. I, I, and I I pulled up his his you know accolades and everything. Fourteen thousand rushing yards, ninety touchdowns. Uh, he had ten receiving touchdowns, so he hit the hundred touchdown mark. But he had five Pro Bowl appearances, two time first team All Pro, one second team. He did, he did lead the NFL in rushing in two thousand and four. So maybe a few more you know things boxes checked for a Curtis Martin than a Frank Gore but they're they're the I love the comparison I think it's very very similar you know what I hate about the NFL and the pro football writers Mm -hmm. is all of that is true the numbers don't lie but Mm -hmm. you know because you've heard these men talk about it when they go into their room when they have their secret convention or whatever they do when they're deciding they don't necessarily take Frank Gore and say is he does he compare favorably to the other running backs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? In his era. Like, you got to at least be the guy But they don't even era. do that. They do this pecking order. They do this, well, you've got this running back, and, and I, I He's don't He's been ha- waiting forever. Yeah. No. That, no. If like, he gets in, I don't understand how somebody can, you know, percolate and become a better Hall of and, – and this goes for all sports. Like, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer or not? Like, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. He doesn't roll off the tongue for me, but there's one thing that will make it roll off the tongue for me. 16 years, 16,000 yards. So if you want to talk about anything, he's a model of consistency. He averaged 1,000 yards every year of his career. That's pretty good. On the dot. That's pretty good. <laughs> What's your memory? You said you had memories of both of them. I, well, I, I remember playing against Frank when he was at, in San Francisco. I mean, he was one of those guys you, couldn't, you, you would lose him. Like, he was so small, he would be behind those man mountains of offensive linemen, and there were times he would break free because we just couldn't find him. Like, I literally would go to the sideline and be like, Coach, I didn't see him. I couldn't see him. I didn't know where he was. Like, he literally – he was like a cockroach on the, on the field where he would just get so low. Like, he could, he, he, could, he could just maneuver his body to where he could find the smallest of cracks and just break through it, and he's off the, to the races for 30, 40 yards because you just couldn't find him. Like, he would get in there and he would crouch down, and before you knew it, he was, he was running and you just heard the crowd like, oh, snap, he's, he's gone. He's behind us. <laughs> what about Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson was a grown man. When he I first came in, power. remember, we passed on Adrian Peterson for Levi Brown mm-hmm. here with the Cardinals. Don't, mm-hmm. don't bring that up too often. That, that so, is, that's but, a sore one here. But Levi Brown started in a Super Bowl. Adrian Peterson has never started in a Super Bowl. <laughs> so, right. I, just, I, don't I, know, I don't know if that makes it better. But I, I mean, For now it does. It's but the, have but to. the Cardinals have been to a Super Bowl and Adrian Peterson hasn't. He seems to me, and I love the way you put it, he's a grown man. Because to me, of the last couple decades, he seems like one of the guys I would least want to get in front of. I, okay. I, I, there's a, there's a yeah. play from him. I think he came out of the backfield. I think he was playing the Ravens, I believe. Uh, no, no, no. It was against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Comes out of the backfield, catches a ball out of the backfield, and there's uh, there's a there's a Steelers defender right there to make the tackle, and he hits this man harder than I've ever seen a running back hit a defensive back. Adrian Peterson, Derrick Henry, Christian Okoye, who would you least like to be in front of? Oh, Christian, Christian Okoye, the, the, the Nigerian nightmare. Forget about it. Uh, I, 
I would <laughs> Steve That's Atwater. a big man. Steve Atwater. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Steve Atwater ended that conversation. Popped him. Popped him <laughs> on Monday night. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, he, he ended that conversation. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I would add Bo to that list too. I don't want any part Bo of that. I don't want any part of that. That's fair. I don't want any part That's of that. Fair. Yeah. Okay, we, we're going down the rabbit. We're going hole. To all the way down the rabbit. <laughs> That's a podcast I'm just sitting man. here like, don't don't tell the people at the day job. Sometimes I click on something. Like the other day, I clicked on Earl Campbell highlights. <laughs> oh my God! Can't even play. He, he couldn't man. play in today's game because he mean? used that helmet. Oh he used that helmet as as a, as, a, as helmet. a violent weapon. How about those thighs? Right, those thighs were assault with deadly weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody talking about that. Said Earl Campbell. How'd like you take Earl Campbell to the store and have to buy the man a pair of pants? <laughs> have you seen those thighs? Like, yes. go back and look at him. How he was—he was a tank for real. Like, it was a business. To, like, he was the first running back that I can remember that you really had to make a business decision if you. What well, there's that, there's that, the that, uh, take him into Sears and Roebuck. Say, you got some pants off the rack that'll fit this man. <laughs> the can, two can, together. can we get this man a pair of pants? But yeah. that, that famous, you know, footage from NFL films where he rocks the defender the from the Rams. with the Rams. Yes. And, and the, I mean, you almost feel the film shake. He took like his shirt he, off. Like he, he ripped his jersey off. Like unbelievable. He, hit the, he hit the ground so hard. He ripped his jersey off. Yeah, and, and, and go back to, and again, we got to stop this, but go oh, back to, to, to some of these careers. Keep going. I got to go home and have dinner. My wife's going to be texting him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but looking at the, at, at the careers of some of these guys back in that era. So, you know, let's call it seventies to maybe nineties. Mm about how great these careers were for some of these guys. I look yeah. at Billy Sims, mm. uh, Barry Sanders, two guys that I grew up watching in Detroit, Earl Campbell, mm. uh, and I'm sure every city could have the list. And the fact that the owners made them play in such bad facilities and how it took such a toll on them physically, the if they were playing – so you take Earl Campbell, take all the other stuff about the – just take the the the, the, the – the facilities that they would have at their disposal their home in stadium. 2020. Their home stadiums. Right? Just the home stadium. Just the home stadium. Half their games. Right? You take a look at – you take the Cardinals the, when you played at Bush and St. Louis oh. versus the field that you have here in Glendale. Or Sun Devil. Or Sun – Sun Devil was always one of the best in the league, they said. It was probably the playing surface anyways. And you look at how these career guys – like I played on all those fields too, by the way. Yeah? I played on all of them. And? Um, I would go with State Farm Stadium. It was the best. And I, I heard somebody call, and I wish I could give the, the person credit for it. They said, well, let's, what's it like playing in the Pontiac Silverdome? Oh, and the guy goes, brutal. if you took a roll of carpet, rolled it out in your driveway, and played a game like that, that's what we do every week at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah. It was a concrete floor, and they rolled out uh, an inch of AstroTurf, and but, that was it. But I'll tell you this. The vet was the all-time worst. Yes, it was. The all-time worst. And there's video proof. Because it, not only was it that scenario, it was uneven. So not well, only they, was it country, they didn't play it was uneven because yeah. they they shared it with the Phillies. Yeah, and I, it's like uh, you know trying to trying to rush the passer around second base. That was not a great proposition no. for you. <laughs> no. All right, we've we've put it off long enough. You ready to go? I'm I'm ready. All NFL right. playoff edition to pump oh, the brakes. Okay. Coming up next on Training Gross. Here we go. Lots of changes need to come to this podcast in terms of the uh, the. I don't know what it's called. The production. S- the, s- the production. The, the imaging of the show. This is not one of them. Mm-hmm. This is this is untouchable, This the sound around our final segment. So this one, because we, we rambled on about the past of the National Football League for about 30 minutes in the previous segment, make this one a little bit quicker right now. There you go. But Really? Yeah, so it's going to be an NFL playoff edition of Pump the Bricks. Okay. All right, let's Here's do what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you guys 
the obviously we have the Kansas City Chiefs as the number one seed in the AFC. Right. You got the Green Bay Packers as the number one seed in the NFC. Right. I'm going to I, I'm going to give you a team. Okay. That's below them within their respective conferences. You tell me, pump the brakes or not, that they have an opportunity to be a threat to that number one seed. Okay, let's go. All right, so we'll start with the AFC. Mm. I'm going to save that one for later. How about this? The Baltimore Ravens sneaking into the postseason. Now, they are the the five seed, but that's just because there's five teams that are 11 and five. Are they a threat to the Kansas City Chiefs? Pump the brakes or not? Or so they are. Here's how I'm phrasing it: They are a threat to the Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens. Pump the brakes or not? Uh, no, do not pump. Do the not brakes. pump them. Do not pump the brakes. I think they are in a better situation. We talked about this earlier in the podcast. They're in a better situation than they were last year. The pressure is off of Lamar Jackson. He's not having to hold up to the MVP standard that he set in the regular season. They're a little under the radar. They're a team that is not. All eyes focused on them. They've had their share of ups and downs, but they've got a championship coach. They've got a former MVP at the quarterback at the most important position. And I think they're playing their best football when it matters the most. I think they are this year's version of the team that they're playing that did it to them last year. I think they're this year's version of the Tennessee Titans. Well, that's, uh, Okay, I like that. That, may, that makes sense. I think you're talking about the Chiefs because when the Chiefs and the Ravens got together early on oh, in the that football was a season, that was, yeah. a that was not good. That was a Lamar throwing for less than 100 yards, that was just that was ugly. Mismatch, yeah. Ugly. Grosser, pump uh, the brakes. Are they a threat? I agree with everything my, my esteemed partner just said, but I'm uh-huh. pumping the brakes here only from the standpoint of – Man, you just look at how hard that road is, right, to get from wild card through because I just – I'm really interested to see how much of a benefit being the only team, in this case in the AFC with the bye being Kansas City, unlike previous years where you had two. Um, The other thing we didn't talk about with Baltimore, though, where I'm hedging myself just a little bit because it's the postseason and what matters in the postseason, defense, and this is the best defense arguably – it is from a point standpoint, anyways, in the AFC postseason, but I still can't do it, so I'm pumping the brakes. I was gonna, okay, all I'm right, pumping the, the brakes, the but next, I'm very, I'm tapping the brakes as right. opposed to slamming it through the guardrail. The next AFC team, who is the seven seed, might have something to say about the best defense in the conference right now, and that'd be the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. So, B train, the Colts are a threat to the Chiefs. Pump the brakes. The reason that they're not a threat is because their quarterback is not able to lead them where they need to go. Because in order to stay with the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to have to score 35 points. I really believe that. And we've seen them in the playoffs overcome 24-point leads, 10-point leads. Every every game they played in the playoffs last year, they overcame double-digit deficits in order to win that game. So in order to beat this team, you're going to have to score 30-plus points in order to really knock them out. And I don't think that the Indianapolis Colts are able to do that. Even with a healthy T.Y. Hilton, I think their quarterback holds them back. Jonathan Taylor's a grown man back there, ran for 253 this past week. But how many points did they score? It's true. And against the Jacksonville team as well. That's not the Kansas City I'm pumping the brakes, too. I don't know if you pumped them from here or not, but I'm pumping as well. I mean, I I said what I said earlier about, uh, you know, uh, Phillip Rivers making the post, just feeling good about a guy that was able to extend the quarterback and and go to the postseason again. 
but that's where it ends, right? I mean, you look at this team. It, it you know, you look at the record. It's nice, eleven to five. But it They're feels offensively like you, challenged. You struggled to that eleven to five. They gave up sixty some odd more points than Baltimore did this year. So I don't know defensively, and they didn't score as many as Baltimore. I I don't see it at all. Yeah. I mean, that for me, this one's an emphatic pump the brakes. Right. Where I was tapping them when we talked about the Ravens. I want to do two more. In the, I want to do two more in the right. AFC. Actually, gosh, this whole AFC bracket, man, is. Everybody's it's got solid. 11 wins. So, I know, let, let, it's let, hard. Let's, Sneak in with 11 wins. Let's bring up the team that we just talked a lot about. It kind of got us off on our tangent when we started talking about uh, Derrick Henry. The Tennessee Titans are a threat to the Kansas City Chiefs. Pump the brakes or not? Oh, no, you don't pump the brakes on that. I mean, you've got the guy that should be an MVP consideration mm-hmm. in Derrick Henry. You have a quarterback that's living up to his contract in Ryan Tannehill. You've got some weapons on the outside, Brown and Davis, that can catch the ball and, and do some things after the catch. And their defense is very op- optimistic. I, you know, I look at Malcolm Butler. He's a guy that's had success in the playoffs. He's still playing at a pretty good level. So I don't see that as a long shot at all. I see them as a team that if they can get past this Baltimore Ravens team, which I don't see them doing, I think they can make some real noise. But ultimately, they can be a threat, but they're not going to be. And, and unlike the, the Ravens and the Colts, they get to at least start off at home. Right? Yes. You get that first game under your belt on yes. your home field. Yes. And I don't know what it is. And I, I said it a moment ago. I haven't paid a lot of attention to the Titans, but every time I've turned them on, I've been like, wow, look at this. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what are they doing here? To your point about, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you look at him and, and you talk about a change of scenery benefiting a guy. You know, you get him out of where he's in Miami, right? Yeah, which is why Gase got fired again because mm-hmm. he almost ruined him. You know, you look at whatever they're doing with him. That he's, you know, he's not elite, but he's doing doing some nice things. Where I like this team. I don't, you know, if I was betting and, and this is the AFC Championship game, I'm not sitting here telling you I would absolutely take them. A lot's got to happen between now and then. Right. But of the teams we've talked about so far, I'm going. I'm going with this team. So right. Do not pump the brakes. So I think we all agree the Bills probably are a threat to the Kansas City. They are the biggest. Okay. Threat. So yes. I, don't, I don't even need to bring that one up. Yes. But I do want to bring up a team that's lost four of their last five. They were once 11 and 0. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a threat to the Kansas City Chiefs. Pump the brakes or not? Pump the brakes. They're going home this weekend. This weekend. They're going home this weekend. I didn't, oh. even, I didn't even bring up the team that they're playing because I, I thought we would be a resounding no, but they're, no. they're going home. No, they're going no. home this weekend. We've talked about it at the beginning of the – pump it again. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. Hit it. Yeah, one more time. Hit it again. But we talked about how this team has struggled, and even in their win, it was an ugly win. This team has forgotten how to play football, and we talk about Phillip Rivers – there was another quarterback in that draft class that's doing the same things, mm. a la Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. He's the guy, or was he a year younger? No, you're right about the. But I'm not I, arguing Ben that. Roethlisberger is not. I don't. I don't look at Ben Roethlisberger and say he's Big Ben of old. He, he's a guy that he can throw the ball a yes. little bit, but he can't move. And he's a guy that when he throws the ball, he, he's lucky to have Juju Smith-Schuster. He's lucky to have Chase Claypool. He's lucky to have these guys. As, as receivers because those balls aren't necessarily the prettiest things you've ever seen. So they're winning in spite of Ben Roethlisberger at times and that defense, which has been decimated with injuries. Yep. So I, it's not a foregone conclusion that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win the yeah, game. I'm almost I, certain it was Ben, Eli, and Phillip in the, all in the same class. Yeah, so. They all need to be retired to. <laughs> I agree. We're pumping the brakes on the Steelers. I disagree that they're losing this weekend. And I don't even know if I go all the way in on Ben because you look at the the Steelers. We talked about the Cardinals a while ago about how the penalties have done them in. 
The drop passes from the Pittsburgh Steelers are remarkable. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say every ball was perfect. I don't break it down to that level. But at some point, you know, you're you're an NFL caliber receiver. Catch the ball. ball. Get close. No question. You're going to make a catch. Catch the ball. And so and and I think it was ESPN or maybe the NFL Network did a kind of a montage of drop passes. You know, these are balls that should have been caught. So whether it's the quarterback's fault, whether it's the wide receiver's fault, I don't know. But this team is not a threat to Kansas City, but they will win this weekend. Okay, so when we start talking about playoff football, you've got to be able to run the ball. Thank you. That's what I was just about there to say. There is no running game at all Nothing. with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nothing. It is Big Ben, whatever version of it it is, or a bust. Mm-hmm. And right now, when you start getting to the best of the best in the conference, I just don't think that that's a formula that's going to win. I was going to say, you know, when you have you lead the league in drops, usually it's because you're throwing the football 55 times a week, which is this, what the Steelers have been doing Just recently. All right, so let's flip it to the NFC side. Let's bring it over to the to the uh, National Football Conference. Packers are your are your one seed, so let's run through this. Pump the brakes or not, Seattle is a threat to the Packers. Pump the brakes. Oof. They're playing better, and they had an MVP caliber – quarterback at one point in the season we were talking about less ruck let russ cook that was the hashtag that was pretty popular but i think his own coach has nixed that and i think he's gone back to a formula that he's much more comfortable with they want to run the ball with chris carson and they want to play defense which is getting healthier and getting better by the week so i don't think that they are going to have enough if you will to keep up with the green bay packers especially if they've got to go on the road to Green Bay. If the game was in Seattle, Mm -hmm. I think it would be a little bit different. But the fact that they've got to go to Green Bay, you've got to be able to run the ball because everything slows down. It's like NBA playoff basketball. Everything slows down to a grind, and now can you you grind out those tough yardage uh, when it matters most? And I just don't think that they can do that with Chris Carson because he's not going to be healthy enough. You know, so I'm going to – talk about the Packers before I answer the question about the Seahawks and I I can't get a feel for this Packers team you've got to like being at home in Green Bay in late January they got a late they got a studded running back the kid from Boston College but the other side of the coin is you look at how Green Bay year in and year out gets fat on the NFC North right and you talk about this lofty record the the Vikings the Lions even the eight and eight Bears and so I got to qualify this a little bit but I don't think Seattle so pump the brakes for me as well I don't think Seattle's it to go in there and win a game. I, I just don't. But you know, I think I'm going to hedge. Did, did we talk about this before, the number ones, if you had to take one, Green Bay? or I yeah, might flip take go Kansas with you. City. I might go with Kansas City on this one. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to delve That's further. That's not the game. I understand grosser. that. I'm sorry. But I just for, – for fear that I'm contradicting <laughs> yeah, something that I I'm said. I'm pumping the brakes on you. An hour ago. Steering us in the wrong direction. Dude, it's like we're, we're in a police interview, man. I got the light on me. I've been going for two hours here. So you can't bought be- the bottle of beer <laughs> at 945. I can't be y- – Yeah, yeah. 9.45. So you bought it at 10.45. Whatever you say, yeah. just let me go. Just See, let me right out there, of here. You know you messed up, don't you? You know you messed up, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Sean. Oh so, my yeah. God. Here yeah. we go. Um, movie movie reference yeah. right what's there. Ne- what's next? So <laughs> the Tampa Bay Bucks. You talk about the Green Bay Packers getting fat on the NFC North. Mm. The one team that brought them down to earth this year is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, pump the brakes or not. Tom Brady and company are a threat to the Green Bay Packers. Pump the brakes. 
They're not a threat to the Green Bay Packers because they are no threat whatsoever to the New Orleans Saints, who have handled that is them very true. the two times that they played this year. Yeah. And it was not even close. And both teams were healthy. So it wasn't where one team was injured and, and had the injury bug. They absolutely jack-stomped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice. Yep. Uh, uh, Sean Payton has Bruce Arians, much like Sean McVay has Cliff Kingsbury. It, Name your coach here with the Cardinals. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been three, three it's, the last three. It's true. They have won eight straight. But that's the type of ownership that the Saints have right now over Tampa Bay. So I like that. They're not a threat because they won't even get there to exactly. be a threat. Is what exactly. You're saying. They got to go to New Orleans if they win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You got to get past your initial games before you can even get there. So pump the brakes. And there's something about I, I look at this and I saw I, I first thing that came to my mind was that Packers game that you mentioned earlier in the year. But kind of like we've said about a lot of things here relative to the playoffs, you discount things that happened too too long yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, and I, there's just something about is it fool's gold when I look at and and all this. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and I, I, I'm not buying it. I can't buy it. I won't I mean, buy it. They, and uh, they, they beat up on a lot of bums. Pumping the recently, breaks. pumping it. Yeah. In the NFC, I think there's really there's only one other team you got. One other team talk you got to bring up. And that's the Washington. No. <laughs> I want to bring up. I'm gonna because they're in the division here locally. I'm gonna bring them up. No. The Los Angeles Rams are a threat to the Green Bay Packers. Pump the brakes or not? Pump the brakes. Again, it's the same problem that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Can they get past the Seattle Seahawks? I don't see them beating the Seattle Seahawks. I asked the question, who's going to guard or who's going to block Aaron Donald? But I think you can you can commit two or three guys to them and still keep Russ Wilson relatively clean. And he can still get the ball down the field. So I, I don't trust the Los Angeles Rams, especially if they're not going to have Jared Goff, who's been a turnover yeah. machine, but you're not winning with John Wolford. Well, and the sorry. other thing, too, is you, you you just look at how difficult it is. Three three games on the road. I just – you 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 can't it's unless hard. there's some circumstances. The Giants did it because they had an all-time defensive line. Right. They right. did it twice. So, I, I don't see that out yeah, of the Rams. No. I don't see that out of the Rams. And to your point, if you get golf back, is he healthy? If you get golf back and you make it all the way to Green Bay, you know, you got a guy playing with a busted thumb in whatever that weather is in late – I just – no, mm. you can't. I'm not. All right, so final one. Yeah. Pump the brakes or not. The Saints can get over all that bad juju you talked about earlier and how this has gone down for them the last couple of years. The Saints are a threat to the Green Bay Packers. Pump the brakes or not. I'm pumping the brakes. Oh, you're jumping in. But I'm going to ask you, how how much, because you did this, you know firsthand, and I know there's not going to be fans in the stands, but how much are the Saints a, 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 a Superdome team? I oh, mean, they are a heavy Superdome team. So that's what I'm saying. How, I don't see the Saints as good as they well. are. It, it doesn't, doesn't travel. travel. You take that on the road, and I know Green Bay is a special kind of tough late in the year. I mean, you expect it to be anyways. Mm-hmm. It's not the Dome. No. And you get this team, everything they've done out of the Dome, I just don't see it. You know, um, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a little shade at Drew Brees. I don't normally do this, but old people don't do well in cold weather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Damn. And not wrong. Is that what it is? And, and Drew Brees is no spring chicken. Uh, 41 years old. Uh, Beat up. 
fan, fans or no fans, it's still going to be cold in Green Bay. And he's a beat up. Him. Like he's got a lot of injuries right now. I mean, the, His the bones. ribs, the 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 punch art or the punch lung, whatever it was. I mean, are you 11, kidding me right now? Eleven broke ribs and a punctured lung. Yeah, and it's now, bad enough, but it's bad when it's cold. When it's cold, yeah, that's uh, that that becomes exacerbated. It becomes times ten. So I, old people don't do well in cold weather. Down. He's yeah. not wrong. Can I go back real quick? I've done this a couple times. Sure. Derek Henry <laughs> rushed for 720 <laughs> yards more than the Pittsburgh Steelers did this year. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. To your point about the – or your point, whoever the yeah. point about the rushing game was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when you start talking about value to the team, he is the most valuable player to the Tennessee Titans. You take him off that roster – he is the most valuable, but he's still not more than Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, and you got to be able to run the ball in the postseason, I think, is the point where that glaring uh, opportunity is for the Steelers once it, they get past the Browns. He may not be the most valuable player, but he is the biggest weapon. Yeah. He's the biggest threat. So lock it in right now. Last pump the bricks question. We can just skip all the madness and fast forward to Tampa with a Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl. No, I'm not pumping the brakes just because I want to enjoy this. Like. I thought uh, – I think it was the Fox pregame show. They did some kind of uh, – the, the author of Friday Night Lights, he did kind of a, yeah. a story about uh-huh. the importance of football. And I, I need – let me enjoy these games before I do that. It may come to be yeah. – yeah. I'm like, not saying let's – I don't want to watch no, it. No, no. I'm asking are those the two teams that will be in right, it? Right now, like, you know, if you were a gambler, if you had to bet a check on this, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're the number one seeds. The other thing I'm really interested to see is – Again, I, I mentioned it a minute ago. You you eliminate a, a buy for two teams. That that could be huge. It's huge. So, you know, I think the the buy for the, the the number one seed meant so because you could coast in. You could say you're the number one or two seeds right. in past years. Right. To have just one team with the buy, I think you, you talk about how you look at the injuries. This Free year. for all. Yeah. I mean, and and you don't have any fans in the stands, so the the Saints lose that home field yeah. advantage. With the, the crowd rocking, because trust me, as a guy who was you a, know a, a victim of that that fan, uh, it, that that is a different place to play when you've got fans in the stands. Is that real noise compared to what they do in Seattle? Oh no, they were rocking up in there, and I'm <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. Now, the, with the, to your question, Sean, this year's NFL playoffs is the 2018 version of the NBA playoffs. We were just waiting for Golden State and Cleveland. Yeah. We're yeah. just waiting. So for, you feels that way? We're, we're, we're waiting for Green See, Bay. I don't think City. I don't. I, I, I got to tell you this. We're wait. We're just waiting. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm with Mike. I want to see it play out, but we're, we're waiting. For I it. don't think Kansas City gets there. You don't think this Kansas is, City? This gets is there. a team who set the record for the most consecutive wins of three points or less. Haterade. This uh, is a team that is not. What what team beat them? That not, one lost this year. Oh, that would be. Uh, <clears throat> Let's talk about them Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, right okay. Talk. And who's a, a fan of those <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah. Uh, okay. I've been okay. known to be a, you know. Haterade. But, but, but think about this, though. This is not. Remember when they drove the bus around the parking lot and made everybody <laughs> mad? <laughs> that really made me And we mad. had them on the ropes again. Uh, yeah. But, okay. So, this is not undefeated Kansas City going for perfection. This is a team that already has a loss. Yeah. So, they don't have the pressure of being the all-time great Kansas City Chiefs. They're just trying to repeat as Super Bowls. They're going in it like the New England Patriots used to go into it. And I think they can play that role really well as opposed to not having that that pressure of of being 18-0 or or 16-0 trying to go to to, to 19-0. I think the been there, done that benefits this team. Uh, No question, especially when they don't have fans to to back them up. Haven't won a game by more than seven points since November 1st, and that was against the Jets. 
Can we talk about just saying? Can we talk about fatigue though? Can we talk about the last time they've really, really been challenged and when you really felt like they weren't going to win the game, even though those games were close, you didn't think that they were going to lose those games. No, I mean, the Raiders scored and took the lead the second time with them and with a minute left in the game, you're like, that's eh, over. Well, and where I will go, <laughs> lost. where I'll lean to you a little bit is, and we've talked about this, when you look at the field in the AFC, you just – You've, the you, Bills. I like the. I like this Bills. It's a lot of eleven wins. You, a lot of eleven right. wins. You got the Bills. You got the Titans. Very top like, heavy conference. Yeah. You, so it's not. It, we, I guess it wouldn't be totally inexplicable if we got to that point and said, "Boy, did you, the Bills took care of it." But I want to see that Bills Chiefs matchup. That is an offense. I think with enough with with the way Diggs is playing, the way Josh Allen's playing, that's an offense with enough firepower to keep up with them. You think he can stand toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes? I think. So. I think the difference is not Patrick Mahomes and jo and 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 Allen. I think the difference is is at head coach, at offensive mind, at Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. I think that's the difference here. I think Andy Reid doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Patrick, I think Eric Bieniemy doesn't get enough. Doesn't, no. not, a, the, the, Nick, not even close to being enough. If that man doesn't become a head coach this time around, uh-oh, check the watch. If he doesn't become a head coach. How many how many openings are there already? And um, yeah, I'll tell you this, but I don't think that man has to take any job. I mean, think about it. He might be in the best position of any anybody that's on a list to potentially land an NFL head coaching job this year. Because if it doesn't work out somewhere for him, guess what? He gets. To, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go coach with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for another year. Yeah, with, but I mean, you can only say that for so many years. Okay. At some point, you've got to you got to shoot your shot. You know what you I mean? Got, like, yeah, you yeah. got to shoot that shot. Well, and I think we let let's table this and bring it back next week or or right, sometime what? because I think you could like that's a legitimate question. Do you do you go to Detroit? Or Jacksonville, or do, New York. Do you want? Do you? Or do you go coach Patrick Mahomes one more year? You know, because yeah. there's sometimes you see it. Like remember when the Chargers fired? Um, That's going to be Marty? an open job. That's an open. I that would go to the L.A. Job. There you go. I'm going to That's L.A. One because you got the. That's quarterback. all you need. All you need is one. You, you got the stud yeah. pass rusher. You got the quarterback. You got. That's that's the one that fits. You got some pieces. There. You got some receivers. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because that happened. I was bringing up the Chargers. Do you remember when they they fired Marty Schottenheimer after a twelve win? Fourteen that, and that two. Team was, they 14 fired and two. 14 Sorry. And two. That team was ready to win now. Yeah. You know. So that sometimes show you sometimes those jobs come around. Which for an Eric Bieniemy, you don't have to jump to a Jets. You don't have to jump to a Jags. I'm jumping to the Chargers. Though. I jump to the Chargers. I, I would say you jump to the Chargers, but in the back of your mind, you've got the Chargers and you've got that meddling owner who can't get out of his own way. The Spanos family. Were it not for the fact that they were in anonymity for so long in San Diego, you look at how they never did get it over the hump, how they screwed up the stadium. Yeah. Like yeah. every step of the way, the Spanos family has figured out a way to mess it up. Okay, but here's the difference, though. Anthony Lynn did not have the cachet that Eric Bieniemy has. Uh, look, no, I, I totally agree with you. He can come in and like, look, if you don't give me this kind of power, if you don't give me Bill Belichick-type power, I'm not taking the job. No, I – this is just an observation in the back of your mind, you know, because everything you said, you got the quarterback, you got the stud on defense, but there's a reason why the Chargers are the Chargers and continue to be the Chargers. Well, recently it's just because they just can't win a close game. That's I true. Mean, it hasn't they, been because they could be an, it hasn't been organizational. It's they just, could they be can't, an 11-win yeah. team right now, too. And I told you, I, I, you, growing up in Detroit, we talked about this. Yeah. I used to flip over to NBC. Dan Fouts. Dan Don Cricky calling the I mean, Don we don't need to, yeah. yeah, we don't need to go all the way down that. Man, what is this like about a six-and-a-half-hour marathon right. today? I love it. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Hey, we'd keep going, except the battery on the computer is about ready to die. Otherwise, we'd give you another segment. But thanks for tuning in. As we said, follow yeah. us on Twitter, at Train and Gross. We'll That's see right. you next time. Peace. I holla.